Counter 12, Chapter 4 Pralaya The Four Types of Annihilation Sri Shuka said Time, beginning with the smallest unit of the atom and culminating in the two halves or paradas of the life of Brahma, or king, has been described together with the duration of the yugas. Now hear about the annihilation of a kalpa. A thousand cycles of four yugas is called a kalpa, a day of Brahma, in which there are fourteen original progenitors of mankind, Manus, o ruler of the citizens. At their end there is a period of dissolution of the same duration that is described as the night of Brahma. During that time the three worlds are subject to destruction. This is said to be the periodical annihilation in which Narayana, the creator of the universe, lies down upon his bed Ananta to absorb the universe including Lord Brahma. After the completion of two paradas, the two halves of the entire life of the highest situated living being, Lord Brahma, the seven elements, Mahat, Ahankara and the five Tanmatras are subject to destruction. This occasion, O King, at which the universal egg, this aggregate of these seven universal aspects, reaches the time of its disruption and dissolves, O King, constitutes the elemental annihilation. For a hundred years, O King, the clouds will not shower rain upon the earth. The people, being confounded by the time, will, in the distress of their hunger with the lack of food that follows, even consume each other and step by step find their destruction. The sun, with its terrible rays, will evaporate all the dews of the earth, the ocean and the living bodies, and not give the slightest precipitation in return. Thereupon, from the mouth of Lord Shankarshana, the fire of destruction will issue, that, raised by the force of the wind, will burn all levels of existence on earth and the other planets. The universal egg, burning on all sides with the flames of the fire from below and the sun above, will glow like a ball of cow dung. Next, for more than a hundred years, the terrible wind of the ultimate destruction will blow and turn the sky grey with dust. Clusters of multicolored clouds, dear king, then will pour down rain for a hundred years with tremendous claps of thunder. The shell of the universe will thereupon fill up and constitute a single cosmic body of water. The moment the water of the flood takes away the quality of fragrance, the element earth, being deprived of its fragrance, will dissolve. Fire then takes away the taste of water, after which it, deprived of its quality, dissolves. Next follows fire that by air is deprived of its form because it takes its quality of touch away, after which the air enters the eater that takes away that quality. Then, O King, the eater dissolves in the original element of nature that takes away its quality of sound. Subsequently, the senses are seized by the vital power of the universe, my best, while the gods are absorbed by the universal modification. Cosmic intelligence, Mahat, seizes the false ego with all its functions, after which Mahat is absorbed by the modes of nature of sattva and so on. These three modes, O King, are then, under the pressure of time, overtaken by the inexhaustible doer, the original unmanifest form of nature. The original doer 
is not subject to transformation in divisions of time and such qualities. Being unmanifest without a beginning and an end, it, or he, is the infallible eternal cause. Therein, in his primal state, one does not find speech, mind, or the mode of goodness, passion, or ignorance. Neither the elements of the complete whole, the vital air, the intelligence, the senses, and so on, are found there. Nor are the gods there, or the arrangement of the different planetary orders. There is no sleeping, waking, or deep sleep, no water, air, either fire, earth, or sun. That what is like a void or someone fast asleep is the primal substance that defies all logical explanation and serves as the root, the pradana, so say the authorities. This state constitutes the prakritika paralaya dissolution wherein all the material elements of nature and energies of the unseen original person are completely dismantled by time and helplessly merge. It is spiritual knowledge, the consciousness, the absolute truth alone, that is the foundation which manifests in the form of these elements of intelligence, the senses and the sense objects. Whatever that is perceived as having a beginning and an end is insubstantial, for it has no existence apart from its cause, only being a reference to it. A lamp, an eye that perceives, and the form perceived, do not stand apart from the light that is treated by them. The same way, intelligence, the senses and sense perceptions do not stand apart from the one supreme reality, the absolute truth, that is quite different. The wakefulness, sleep and deep sleep that belong to the intelligence are therefore called a deception of the senses, relative to the fourth state of meditation called Turiya. This looking is a duality experienced by the soul. Just as clouds are there and are not there in the sky, this entire universe with its different parts being generated and having vanished is there and not there within the absolute of the truth. The ingredient cause, my best, of any composite entity out here is something real that can be perceived, so is stated, just as the threads of a piece of cloth can be perceived separately from the fabric they form. Whatever one may experience as having a general cause and a specific effect constitutes a form of illusion. Everything with a beginning and an end is insubstantial because of the interdependence of cause and effect. Even though knowable to us, the changeable nature of the phenomenal world or even a single atom can in no way be explained without, as standing apart from, the self inside of the time, the Lord, the expansion of the universe, the fourth dimension, for if that would be so, if there would not be such a self, it should, being equal to the consciousness, stay the way it is. One cannot have different types of absolute truth. If an unknowing person thinks of the absolute in terms of opposites, that is just like having two skies, two daylights or two life breaths. Just as gold appears to man in many forms depending its use, the Supreme Lord Adokshaja, who is inconceivable to the senses, is described in different terms by a worldly person and a person of Vedic knowledge. A cloud brought about by the sun is made visible by the sun, but means darkness to the eyes that are a partial expansion of the sun. Similarly, the ego, one's eye awareness, is a quality of the Absolute made visible by the Absolute, but as a partial expansion of the Absolute, that ego means darkness, falsehood, 
to the individual soul being bound to the material self. When a cloud produced by the sun is riven, the eye sees the sun's form. When the same way the false ego that covers the spirit soul is destroyed by spiritual self-inquiry, remembrance of the original self will be the result. When one thus, with this sort of discrimination, has cut away the false ego originating from illusion that binds the soul, and one has developed a firm realization of the infallible supreme soul, one speaks of the entire annihilation of one's materially determined existence, dear king. O oh, subduer of the enemies, some expert knowers of this subtle, all-pervading spirit assert that the creation and destruction of all living beings beginning with Brahma is an everlasting process. The more or less favorable living conditions of all living beings subject to transformation are rapidly and continuously wiped out by the mighty force of the current of time and constitute the causes of their birth and death. These states of existence, created by the time, the form of the Lord without a beginning or an end, one does not see directly, just as the movements of the planets in the sky are not seen directly. Annihilation, in the sense of a continuous, periodical, natural and complete destruction, has been described. This is how time, Kala, operates. These narrations about the Lila of the creator of the universe, Narayana, the reservoir of all existences, have been related briefly and clearly to you, O best of the Kurus. Not even the unborn one, Lord Brahma, would be able to enumerate them completely. For a person, distressed by the fire of the different miseries of life and the desires to cross the hard-to-overcome ocean of material existence, there is no boat but the one of being devoted with a taste for the narrations of the pastimes of the fortunate one, the Supreme Personality. Long ago, the infallible Lord Nara Narayana taught this essential compendium of all the classical stories to Narada Muni, who passed it on to Krishna Dvaipayana. He, that powerful Lord Badarayana, thereupon was pleased to teach me this Bhagavatam, O Maharaj, this anthology equal in status to the four Vedas. Sutta Goswami, sitting here with us, O best of the Kurus, will in his turn pass it on when he is questioned by sages headed by Shaunaka during a lengthy sacrificial ceremony in the forest of Naimisharanya. <laughs>